On this episode of Reliterated, we follow the story of a young runaway who hits the road, runs into some dangerous characters, and gets thrown behind bars, even though he didn't do anything wrong. Now his freedom is at stake as he attempts to exonerate a suspected thief for a crime he didn't commit, all while being hunted by the true criminal in a deadly game of cat and mouse. And by that I mean it's a literal showdown between a cat and a mouse, because this is the sequel to The Mouse and the Motorcycle, Runaway Ralph, on Reliterated, the podcast that takes the road more traveled, but still manages to make a difference. Welcome to Reliterated, the lowbrow book club of three grown-ass men reading the children's books popular in the 1990s, but with 2020's hindsight. Fair warning, we use language too mature for kids, analysis too immature for literary scholars, and ignorance too profound to be inoffensive to everyone. Also, we talk about our books in depth, and that includes spoilers. So before you listen, if you're not familiar with the story, prepare to be spoiled. My name's Andy. And if I could run away someplace, geez, I just, I'd probably just want to go anywhere where I can take my video games and work on my backlog because my backlog is pretty extensive at this point <laughs> and work just keeps getting in the way. I'm Harold and I think it's really messed up that your version of running away includes taking your fucking work with you. Like Not my work, my my video games. My backlog. Oh, your backlog of video games. My backlog of video oh games. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to come through the the screen and slap you. <laughs> no, Take yeah, your no. Work. I'm I'm running away from my fucking work and playing my goddamn video games. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would probably just uh, try to take whatever whatever I have now and go someplace tropical and just be one of those beach bums from the movies. Like, that's who's that American guy? <laughs> <laughs> the American guy? Who's the American guy over there that doesn't fit with the rest of the movie, you know? <laughs> and oh. then I'd take people on adventures. In, not in general, not like specific. No, <laughs> not I mean, a specific movie. No, it just <laughs> it's a trope in movies. Who's that American guy? You know that narrows it down a lot. Who's that American beach bum in this foreign land? And then <laughs> we're gonna have him lead us to the the cave with the jewels because I would, of course, convince them I knew where that cave was. Because I'd have uh, some plan. Obviously. I mean, you're the white guy in the room. Right. You're the hero. Well, I wouldn't <laughs> be the hero at first. I'd be the guy trying to take their money from them, but, you know, nicely Ooh, okay. have them end up somewhere. And then eventually I'd fall in love with, like, whatever woman was there and have to save her from, you know, terrorists or something. That's what happens when you become a beach bum on a tropical beach. <laughs> Every time. Every, Every time. Every goddamn time. Every time. I've seen it. Documentaries are <laughs> a plenty out there. <laughs> and then you spelunk in that cave and you discover me in there playing video games. Just playing video games. <laughs> hermiting away from the world. Next to the jewels. <laughs> yeah. Is something missing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, he got started before be I a- even got introduced. <laughs> Josh, 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 I am here. You're I here. Am here. Uh, you've been, but have you been here this off. whole time? And was like, yeah, I'm just gonna let him go. <laughs> let him get him out of his system. I guess. So who are you? 
Uh, I, I would, uh, I did run away. Uh, obviously I ran away to California. So if I was going to already run away, I've already run away once. (laughs) If I was going to continue to run away, which is uh, something I'm apt to do. If I had no limitations, I would move somewhere nice and warm and socialist like Portugal or Spain or something like that. Because obviously I would prefer that over what I have to deal with. And Spain has really high internet speeds. So I'd be fine with my video games over there as well. So probably Spain. For sure. Probably Spain. And I feel like I could pick up Spanish fairly quickly. Uh, Andy, how do you how how do you think I would pick up on the Spanish? Do you think I'd do okay? Uh, uh, probably. I mean, you're coming from California, speak a place where they speak more Mexican type of Spanish and Spain have a it's it's a slightly different type of Spanish but it's mostly the same I'd say apparently uh according to someone I know the way the Spanish say z is wrong <laughs> <laughs> And I argued, I argued, uh, her heritage being from Mexico, I argued that realistically, the language came to Mexico from Spain, so you would think... (laughs) Thank you, they'd be the authorities. You would think they would be saying it correctly, but (laughs) she says... On how to do Spanish right. She says no. (laughs) I believe there's like more of a lisp when when you're using words with a z in it like cabeza yeah that was what she said cabeza yeah that she she is yep. cabeza that, not cabeza no C- but she C- specific- cerveza she specifically <laughs> said it was the it was the lisp in the z mm, yeah uh castellano is definitely more lispy than mexican spanish so this is mouse in the mo- this is uh the sequel to mouse in the motorcycle tonight <laughs> yeah and there's not a lick of spanish in it not even one <laughs> not even a single word but you know what isn't it, guys? <laughs> motorcycle sounds. Motorcycle Ooh. sounds, yep. And I listened to the audiobook, and uh, guess what? I got the motorcycle sound right. You did. Oh, yeah? Was yep. it the... Yep. Yeah, where it makes your lips tickle. Yep. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it right, <laughs> it makes more than your lips tickle. Ooh. Ooh, girl. Ooh. <laughs> Runaway Ralph. Runaway Ralph. It's a good book. Published in 1970, <laughs> written by Beverly Cleary. A real piece of shit. No, she was wonderful. No. She was a wonderful oh, human being. she's the good one. She's a wonderful human being. She's the good being. one. Oh. And okay. this was such a good palate cleanser. It was well written, had a plot, could follow the story. It was amazing. I loved it. It had a clear antagonist. It had just the right amount of filler <laughs> to make it a story. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward. There was a part with filling involved, involving Ralph and falling asleep in it. <laughs> <laughs> Literal filler. This was a uh, a fun book. It was a good sequel to the original because. You know, you do kind of, you are kind of left wondering, like, what kind of adventure would a daredevil mouse go on if they had a motorcycle? Because clearly the hotel is not going to be enough for him. Right. Now we see the world outside of the Mountain View Inn. Kind of. About a mile down the road. Still. Didn't it take him all night to get there, though, too? Yeah, but he's little. Yeah, I was thinking about that. <laughs> I was trying to imagine a, a little mouse on a motorcycle riding down a highway. <laughs> How fast he could possibly go. To him, I'm sure he was zooming. As fast as his little lips could 
could bubble. <laughs> he has fast as each raspberry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, but he was going downhill. So so the story right. here for Runaway Ralph is Ralph has been riding around. He's getting more and more daring riding around the hotel at night. And he's even going into a bar that's attached to the hotel and taking peanuts. And he's actually getting to a point where he's told he's getting a little hefty because he's eating so many peanuts. His mom and his uncle are also worried he's going to run into ne'er-do-wells in there and, and get with the wrong crowd. So they end up forcing him to push his little cousins and everybody up and down the hall on his motorcycle. And he gets pretty ticked off about that and decides to uh, leave because he keeps hearing this bugle sound. And he hears, knows that kids go to a camp nearby. And they're all the kids that are the age that um, carry crack around on them at lunchtime and crack is of course peanut butter and jelly sandwiches because ralph keith got him hooked puts himself in yeah keith got him hooked and he puts himself in an extreme amount of danger for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to feed that addiction that he has yep yep so he takes off he takes off from the mountain view in and heads down the mountain to a camp that's nearby and once he gets there he encounters a dog that doesn't want to let him in he notices some cats he ends up getting caught though and put into a cage uh, he meets a hamster at some point, and they have some fun back and forth, and uh, it takes quite a while through this book before he finally speaks with uh, this kind of loner boy who's got a, a strange attitude about him. Um, he finally speaks to him and uh, tries to set him, make a deal so that he can escape and get back to the Mountain View Inn. And in this deal, a little girl's watch had been lost, and they thought that this kid had, Garf, had stolen it. So in the deal, he was going to give him the watch back, make it look like he didn't steal it, because he didn't. And then uh, Garf was going to carry him up the mountain, because he couldn't make it back up. He couldn't enough to get up that mountain. And that's what that's what takes place. Uh, he gets the watch back. Uh, nobody thinks Garf stole it, and Garf carries him back up to the Mountain View Inn. Bob's your uncle. Runaway Ralph. Bob's your uncle, Runaway Ralph. <laughs> so that was it, guys. Do you recommend? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, come I mean, back so next it... week when we'll cover another book. <laughs> so, so what we're what we're trying to do now, obviously, is we're trying to do just a summary up front, and then now we can just discuss the book without us. Uh, getting nitty gritty on every minor detail and worrying that we're skipping ahead or jumping around. So yes, uh, it is a little bit of a different format than what we have been doing, but we've been trying to make this change and every time we've uh, attempted it, we have failed. <laughs> Andy fucks it up. <laughs> so yeah, fuck it up. We are definitely going in this direction. So, <laughs> yep. Well, let's try it out. We're trying it out. We're trying it out. Yeah. We're 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 putting our hands on the grips and we're holding on tight. And we got a crash helmet <laughs> on, and we're gonna yep. see what happens. <laughs> so, anyhow, anyhow. Overall, I did like this book, and even from the get, it was really fun. Yeah, I really liked this. It brought up a lot of good memories for me going to summer camp and the songs, especially. I remember singing them, you know, with my groups and things like that so i i really liked it brought back lots of good good memories i wonder what this note that i see uh garf is less of a name than harold i mean he meets this boy named garf what the I fuck kind of name garfield. is garf i short for garfield but i've never heard that before i've never heard it either i can say that i mean, it's it's kind of like a bastardization of the name garth with a th yeah. but no this is g-a-r-f like 
somebody would name like a made up alien or something. Right. Kind of sounds like Alf or something, but yeah, that's a weird, it's an even weirder name than Harold. <laughs> Wait, no, 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 no. Specifically, you wrote less of a name. Less of a name. Yeah. Like what kind of name is Harold? <laughs> Son of a bitch. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Basically all my, all my notes are trying to get, get you guys started. Yeah. Get us started. I noticed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, because I made made notes about how how um how Ralph is living and what kind of society he lives in <laughs> where uh, a single mouse goes and scrounges stuff up for the rest of the people he lives with and they all share alike and he's forced to share his property his 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 motorcycle his Forced to uh, to give his brothers and sisters and cousins rides, and he res- he resents that. Like he wants to be on his own. He wants to be his own mouse. He does not want to live in this communist society where his uh, the resources he gathers and the property that he he holds is being made to be split among the rest of the tribe. That's not how communism works, Andy. And Josh gets very protective about communism. Well, and so it's it's actually <laughs> how a family works, and Ralph seems to forget when people were bringing him food. Yeah, Keith brought him food. Ralph does seem to forget a lot about <laughs> uh, how much he's been helped and how much others do for him when he wants to go out and be on his own. And when he does go off on his own... And somebody was like, oh, no, I'm going to let you be, let you do your own thing. And you got to figure this out on your own. Then he's like, oh, what a, what a jerk. I thought he was my friend. Because right. he tries to, yeah, he let's wants talk to about get the down. moment where he talks to Matt. Yeah, he wants to get down. And he's like, hey, Matt, can you give me a little, little boost down? He's like, well, you're trying to be an individual. And if I helped you out, that's, that wouldn't be you being an individual. Uh, no, actually, that would still be them because he asked you to help him. <laughs> so that's that's just being nice, not being a jerk. I think that I think at the end of the day, Matt was doing that from like a parental point of view kind of thing. Like like if a kid says, I think we've talked about it before, if if. Bruce said he was going to run away. I might be like, well, you got to take care of yourself then. But if you walked out the door and started heading down the road, I'd be like, all right, (laughs) you know, I need to go (laughs) reel him back in. I didn't expect you to call my bluff on that, bro. You know? And I think that, I think that's kind of Matt's thing. He, he's willing to let him go, but he's like, I'm not going to help you go. I'm not going to be responsible for what happens to you. If you, if I were to help you down, you know? Yeah, and he's doing it from kind of a, you know, if you're going to be out there on your own, this is what you can expect. You're going to have to come up with solutions to problems by yourself. Yep. You can't just expect people to do things for you. And he does come out later. He does come out later to make sure that Ralph did get down okay because he checks, he comes in, he checks, he's like, oh, it looks like he did make it all by himself. It's not, there's not a (laughs) broken motorcycle at the bottom of the steps, so I'm not... Not, uh, he basically says, yep, okay, he made it, so I can I can go to sleep now, because I know that he's he's out there, at least he made it that far, so. and Right, well, and Ralph kind of has moments of, like, ha Matt, I showed you, you son of a bitch, which is weird, because it's a children's <laughs> book. <laughs> it is a children's book, where, where a mouse calls this old guy a son of a bitch. Yep. It's fact. <laughs> don't bother reading it. Yep. Don't bother. Or or do, because it's Read a good Read it, book. but skip over page 31. 
<laughs> See, this reminds me. If you never read it, you'll never know. <laughs> when you brought up the, the part about Bruce going off on his own and leaving and running away, it reminded me of my brother and I, we used to quote unquote run away from our house, but we would just be going to my grandparents, which is a quarter mile away. <laughs> and it would just be an adventure. It was never like, we're mad at you. It was always like, hey, we're running away because we want to have an adventure. And we would just walk to grandma's house. And <laughs> usually it's because we wanted to play Nintendo. So basically we'd be like, we're leaving, mom. We're running away. And she's like, you're running away. Where are you running away to grandma's? Yep. Okay. She would call, hey, ma, uh, kids are coming over. Okay. <laughs> Nice. It was nice. My childhood wasn't so storied and sweet, so I actually did try to run away one time, and it was because, I don't remember what the argument was about, but uh, I had rented Metal Gear Solid. I was like probably 14, so my mom had rented Metal Gear Solid for me, and whatever argument that we had gotten into, she was taking it back to the store, and I had only had it for a few hours at that point, you know, and I, uh, she made me pack it up and she put her hand out for me to hand it to her. And I put my hand out with it and I dropped it on the floor just as she grabbed for it. Like, you know how I do that thing where I pull back as you're trying to grab something. It was Uh like perfect timing, fucking dropped it. And she's like, you pick that up right now. And I reached out and picked it up. When I came back up, she was halfway through the swing and slapped me in the face. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm just standing there staring at her. And she's standing there staring at me. And she goes, get the fuck out of my house. And so I, I was like, fine. And I left. And I went somewhere for a minute. And uh, I went somewhere for a minute and uh, was like hanging out there. And I'm like, oh, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. And finally, I went back to the house and I crawled in the back of her car and I took a nap for like four hours <laughs> when I, I woke up and I came to the door and opened the door and she was freaking out. She thought I had actually run away. She was sure that I would find a way. And then she noticed the sleep lines on my face and she's like, were you fucking sleeping? <laughs> yeah. So that's how far I made it out to the driveway, the backseat of my mom's car. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> not as far as a fictional mouse. Nope, not as far. But <laughs> no, there were less motorcycles too. Yeah, you didn't have a motorcycle to get out to the end of the driveway. And I didn't have a peanut butter sa- sandwich either. No peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> but yeah, I like how Ralph was talking about thinking about running away to Matt and like he, he just wanted to be out in the open road and, you know, feel the... Uh, feel the air in his whiskers and shit and like matt was confiding in ralph that uh he had similar aspirations once of uh just getting a motorcycle and riding around and being adventurous and stuff but now he's uh he's too old for that kind of thing yeah he's he's saying he's too old and that doesn't really make too much sense i guess maybe in 1970 they might think that he's too old Right, like that. That was back in the day where, like, the people on motorcycles were like these uh, James Dean type rebels riding around on their motorcycles, and uh, it was a, it was a young man's game owning right. a motorcycle. But these days, I don't know. Most people I see on motorcycles are like old dudes. Yeah, because like, they, they retired guys. It. It's like ain't. I think I I'd say it's like ain't. Okay, so. Ain't was a popular word among people who had money, and then the the people that didn't have money started using it, and it became a derogatory, nasty word. No one wants to hear it, right? Motorcycles mm-hmm. were originally for the ruffians, 
It was only ruffians that had it. Now, there is like a 75% chance that the person you see on that motorcycle wears a suit and tie to work. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and even right. though they're dressed up with fucking all that leather and all that shit and looking hard. <laughs> they're, they're no ruffians. They're no ruffian. You ain't riding a $50,000 Harley <laughs> because you're a fucking scumbag. <laughs> they just had aspirations back in the day of being those ruffians who own yep. motorcycles. And now that they've worked their entire lives, they can afford one. Yep. And now they just ride around at like 55 on the freeway. And <laughs> yep. Cruising the country. They're in their late 40s and 50s. They're on their second divorce, and they're looking for someone 20 years younger than them. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite part about this is when, when Matt finishes his story, like, there's just a moment where, where they're silent, and Ralph is like, well, gotta go. <laughs> cool story, bro. Yep. Like, okay, I'm done talking to the old person. And that's kind of, <laughs> that's kind of a kid thing to do, too. Oh, so you had dreams too, huh? That's nice. Well, gotta go. <laughs> I didn't learn a thing from you. <laughs> so yeah, could you help me down the stairs now? Because <laughs> I can't jump my bike that far. Big gulp, eh? Well, see you later. You know, I also noticed this note. I noticed <laughs> this note about how the story so far in, in chapter two is like my side of the mountain. But if Sam Gribbley expected the woods to have room service and I question... Did he not? I was going to say he expect the woods to have room service. He essentially it did. Yeah, he had the room service version of the woods. Right. He <laughs> well, had Sam Gribbley's version of that. Yeah. But Sam Gribbley's version of that was like he could do it all himself because he had the knowledge. Ralph went out there expecting to find children who would give him peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Is the, is the difference is right. My, right. Yeah, no, he definitely went out it. there entirely like, dude, I'm going to go to this camp. These kids are going to fucking love me. They're going to be whipping peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I yeah, can't my believe- My fucking huge family is cramping my style here, so I'm going to run away and get taken care of by some kids out there. Well, the whole reason he goes to the camp is because he sees Garf at the Mountain View Inn. He sees him in his cowboy boots and his t-shirt and- so he was like, "Oh, I know, I know where that kid's going." And he was like, right. "He looks like the type of kid who likes motorcycles." So I bet you I could talk to him if I could get his attention. And it just so happens that he's right. Yeah, as it turns out, fortunately for the story, because it would have gone nowhere if uh, <laughs> Ralph couldn't communicate with this kid. Very eventually in the book. Yeah, it takes yeah, a it long was, time. It was way towards the end before he started communicating with him yeah way past the halfway point before he even said anything to to garf well he's scared of garf because of these crazy songs that he keeps hearing him sing yeah yeah (laughs) all the other kids are singing other songs that he's singing the gobs and gobs of greasy grimy gopher guts song and out of context for ralph he's like this fucking psycho man harold (laughs) he thinks these kids all hate animals andy it's great big gobs of greasy grimy gopher guts Mutilated monkey meat, little bitty birdie feet. I know this. No. I went to camp. <laughs> it's gobs and gobs of greasy, grimy gopher guts, constipated monkey butts, French fried eyeballs swimming in a pool of blood. That's what I had for lunch. That's the song. Which is weird because it's a kid's book. Wrong. Yeah, it is weird because it is a kid's book. <laughs> They're wrong because what I learned is the proper way. I also learned that I it's, think constipated monkey butts is better than anything you said. Well, that is pretty funny. Butts. But h- yeah. how would they be able to throw their poop if they're constipated? Hmm? 
they'd just be really angry. They would be very angry. Really angry so angry that they monkeys. couldn't throw their poop. They would be even more angry. <laughs> and what kind of monkeys would they'd they be? They'd probably be jerking off on you. I've seen that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think Beverly Cleary had this exact kind of conversation in her own head about yeah. whether to use that version of the song. She's like, that wound up with uh, masturbating monkeys. Yeah, they'd be jerking off and throwing <laughs> their nut. They're constipated. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the clearest, most logical turn of events. Get some of that chocolate that that uh, grandma had. Yeah, get some of the cho- yeah that chocolate the grandma had from Glass Elevator. <laughs> That'll make them uncomfortable. Oh, right. The chocolate coated pills. <laughs> and the other the other song that I I was that I said thought was different and was wrong was because I learned it was little bunny foo foo hopping through the forest, scooping up the field mice and bopping them on the head. So right. theirs was little bunny foo foo yeah, and I was like, that... that doesn't that's not right. That's close enough that it sounds like it's probably yeah, right. Yeah, it's close enough. And it's the one that really made Ralph say, like, wow, these kids really like violence against mice. Well, and it could be also, though, that um, you change universes, Josh. That's possible. And it it was Little Bunny Foo-Foo where you came from, but it's Fru-Fru now. It's more likely that you just forgot. I didn't <laughs> but... forget. I didn't forget. I love, again, I love people camp. told you wrong. Yeah. Camp was so <laughs> I fun. always knew it as little bunny foo-foo, too. See? Yeah. Hmm. Andy knew it as bunny foo-foo. So, I believe it's- My whole switching universes thing is starting to sound a little more on point, isn't it? I'm thinking it's more a regional thing, because <laughs> nope. it, it was Michigan, nope. but- <laughs> It's a regional thing. The world well, as we really- know it ended in 2012, guys. <laughs> No, the Macho now Man stopped I it. With. I saw him. He elbow dropped Jesus. Oh, the ma- Ooh, so yeah. <laughs> that was my what background has this for so long. Even <laughs> <laughs> There's like a B story to this podcast. There's now, always a B story to the podcast. <laughs> where we're in an alternate universe. I'm pretty sure you could go through and edit through all of the episodes at this point and find a continuous B story <laughs> about us talking about nothing. <laughs> <clears throat> yep. That'll be the, the chapter yeah, two so, recap. It'll be the B storyline. Uh, the whole line. <laughs> we we are at the we are are to the point where Ralph has been he's been captured. Have we talked about Chum yet? We have not talked about. No, we Chum haven't yet. even talked about the the dog and the cats. Yeah. Oh yeah, the dog and the cats. Because Ralph there. meets a, a bunch of other animals and talks with them before he even talks to any of the kids. He does. The dog being the first one. Yeah, he meets Sam the guard dog Who, and tricks him. Gets past him, and then well, and I feel like Sam the guard dog is taking his job way too literally because, like, I get that he's not supposed to let other people in, but I mean, we're talking about a mouse on a motorcycle here, right? It is kind of a a comical thing where he's like the serious but like goof around kind of dog. Like he's that. Um, I don't know from the illustrations. I wouldn't say he's like a hound. Well, I think he has to take his job seriously because think about it: when he does fail. Lana gives him the what for? Just bad dog, Sam. Bad dog. You let the cat get through. And like, so that's why I, I feel yeah. Sam has, they've put Sam it up was... to this, this <laughs> level that he feels he needs to achieve in order to succeed and feel that he has been successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely, uh, he he carries the mannerisms in my uh, my mind, at least, of a like a hound dog. 
like you were saying, Andy. Yeah, one of those like cartoon dogs that yeah. like takes takes their job like really seriously, but it's yep. just kind of like a bumbling, you know, stumbles into uh, into doing what he's supposed to be doing, kind of thing. Stumbles into heroism. Stumbles into heroism. But yeah, he's then, still pretty uh, likable though. Ralph meets a, a gopher after that. Gets down inside a gopher hole, and the gopher's kind of pissed because he's like, "I dug this hole for me, not for you, bitch." Which is weird because <laughs> it is a children's book. But he is. He is nice and lets him stay. He's like, well, you, you can stay as long until the dog leaves. And when the dog leaves, you got to leave. So he gives him that. Sam the dog is digging after Ralph because he disappeared down the gopher hole. Yep. And now he's kind of digging up his uh, his home or his, uh, his tunnel. I'd be a little there, irritated so. too, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially where the kids are chanting we for get- your death. <laughs> get him. Get the gopher. Right. Kill him. <laughs> See, here we are. Uh, sympathizing with the gopher instead of the hero of the story. Right? Well, you know, Ralph is the hero of the story, sure. I, I wouldn't even say he's the hero of the story. I would say yeah, Ralph is not just literally the main a hero, the yeah, main character. Main character of the story, because realistically, Ralph's, like, all of his ambitions thus far have been completely selfish. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to share his motorcycle. He runs away because of that, essentially. Yes, it's the peanut butter sandwiches, but it's also, like, he doesn't value his family at all. And so he runs away. When he gets there, he goes past the guard dog, which means he failed in his duty, which obviously personally hurts Sam, you know. It goes to the gopher hole. The gopher hole's home is getting, dis- or the gopher's home is getting destroyed. And Ralph's just kind of like, you gotta let me hang out here, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, everywhere he goes, he's just like pull it off everyone around him but never wanting to give back <laughs> because he does get out of he sam finally leaves he gets out and then he immediately gets caught by the cats and they're like this is how you <laughs> fuck with a mouse children because they are stupid <laughs> so ralph is like okay I- i'll just wait till he's distracted so the cat pretends that it's distracted by a butterfly and so he's like, oh, I'm going to run away. And he's like, he, he sl- Katso slaps him down. And he's like, see, mice are stupid. He thought I was looking away, but in all actuality, <laughs> I knew exactly what I was doing. <laughs> so I feel like this, like Beverly Cleary does a really good job of writing about like how cats behave. Like when they're toying with uh, with a mouse that they're that they're chasing, they're not like out and out chasing after the mouse. Usually they're like acting coy like acting like they're distracted do 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 and then like the mouse makes a run for it and then you just bat it down well yeah it's a toy to them because yeah they're just playing with it it makes sense to me i've seen cats catch a mouse yeah cats catch catch mice for humans because they're like pitiful human you are you're bad why are you not able to catch this bird here i caught one for you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I am the superior hunter. I had a cat named Midnight that literally had a pile of squirrel tails in our garage. In <laughs> like not around the garage, there was a pile in the middle of the garage of like nine or ten squirrel tails. Just the tails. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Fucking trophy hunter. Cat had a problem. Yeah. <laughs> Can't get enough of them squirrel tails. Yeah. Turns out that's cat currency. <laughs> Luckily, Ralph is saved by Garf with a butterfly net. He ca- he captures Ralph in the net. Gets him away from Catso. Saved by prison. But yeah, he ends up getting put into a cage. And even though in the first 
in the first book, he didn't know if he was going to like the cage. He ends up not being too too uh, unhappy with it because he's got this yeah, sweet he enjoys wheel. running around on the wheel. Yeah, he's got a sweet re- wheel that he can mm-hmm. run on and, you know, he gets free free food. They give him f- the food. So, you know, yeah. Mostly seeds and stuff. Yeah, it's not peanut butter jelly sandwich. It's not but... peanut butter jelly sandwiches, no. No. I've always wondered what it would be like to run around on a wheel like that. I've never had the chance to uh, to run on one of those that's big enough for humans. We could email Mike Nelson. He ran on one in Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie. Well, just ask him what it's like. Hey, Mike Nelson, what's it like <laughs> running to, on a gerbil wheel? I want wheel? to experience it. <laughs> I feel like a human-sized gerbil wheel is a very doable project, though. Like, <laughs> let's do it. I feel it's just a, oh, maybe that'll a be... treadmill, basically. No, that's not the same thing, Josh. Well, you can't, like, run fast like like Ralph does. He, like, runs fast and then, like, stops and so it does a loop-de-loop with him yeah. on it. Yeah. I want that experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> I want to see you try to have that experience <laughs> so that you can learn what gravity does. <laughs> Well, Josh, you'll learn what centripetal force does. <clears throat> yeah, let's yeah. see which which is stronger. <laughs> do you know why bikes stand up and balance? Yes, I do Neither know do why. Scientists. <laughs> but <laughs> weight and gravity <laughs> and centrifugal force, <laughs> you're going to have to be going a certain speed in order for that force to work. Otherwise, you're going to come falling down <laughs> when you hit that peak. I I believe in Andy. I think he can get that thing going. And I tr- I trust the the craftsmanship. Yeah. of Harold that we yeah. can we can get one that goes that fast. Maybe we can even attach like a motor to it and make it go faster than Andy can run. See that Ooh. that was what then I was really get the centrifugal force going. <laughs> and he definitely he just stuck to the side of his and is spinning around. <laughs> Please Take stop it. Stop. it. <laughs> I didn't and then it stops when I'm at the top and I then I fall. Josh is like, ha! <laughs> Gravity. Gravity. <laughs> Science, bitch. Welcome uh. to Newtonian physics. <laughs> but yeah, Ralph makes it work. But then he has another he has a a uh, partner in there, a a golden gerbil named Chum, who seems kind of uppity cuz he's a golden gerbil. So, I I have the the book that I read and then I have just been getting the audiobook combo because I can listen to the audiobook audiobook in my car and get a couple more reads in. Mm-hmm. And BD Wong, you would know him if you don't know who I'm saying who that is, you would know him I know if BD you, Wong. Okay, yeah, yeah. He did the uh he read the book and okay. did all the voices. And his voice for Chum was great. It was like a southern southern aristocrat voice. Southern gentleman? Yeah, like a southern Ooh. gentleman, yeah. I can dig that. Yeah. Did I have the same one? It was perfect for Chum. Because I got mine through Hoopla. Maybe. Through uh, the library. Was yours narrated by B.D. Wong? Yeah, B.D. Wong uh, yeah. did this one. He yeah, did it was good BD voices Wong. for just about everything, yeah. Yeah, so yep. yeah, it was. I had the same audiobook. Because I had to go to Reading. <laughs> yep, the Southern gentleman was good for that. <laughs> I had to drive to Reading two days in a row, so I was like, definitely gonna be listening to, to this on the way there back. <laughs> I just on the way to work, on the way home, and on my lunch, I listen to po- podcasts or audiobooks, depending on what we're doing. So <laughs> <laughs> this is the first one that I actually read an ebook format because <sighs> thriftbooks.com let me down with this one. Like I ordered. Well, first of all, 
when I ordered the books for this chapter, uh, it was back when I thought that Ralph S. Mouse was the uh, the next book in the series. So I ordered uh-huh. Ralph S. Mouse along with those, and we're like, wait a second, Runaway Ralph is next. So I'm like, oh shit. So I go to thriftbooks.com again and order Runaway Ralph. Um, spent my uh, my free book on it, by the way. If you order enough uh, books on thriftbooks.com, you get enough points for a free book. So this was my free book. But when it came in, I was dismayed to find out that they did not send me Runaway Ralph, but Ellen Tebbets, which is also by Beverly Cleary. But I don't know how the mistake came about. And I think you should reach out to them. I did. I sent them a ticket. I sent... I. Did the contact us thing, sent him an email, said, hey, this is my order number. I ordered Runaway Ralph and you sent me Ellen Tebbets. I demand satisfaction. So I challenge you to a duel. I have and a podcast. I'm still waiting. <laughs> this is the perfect time that you talk to thriftbooks.com who we're constantly talking about. You say, hey, we do a podcast. I love ordering books from you guys, but I got the wrong book. This episode is Runaway Ralph. <laughs> like, well, that's, what, that's what you do. I may as well have really challenged them to a duel because they have not responded to me. They say that their response time is generally within six hours. I have not received a response about this mistaken order yet. It's been like a week. So it broke my heart a a little bit, Thrift Books. Send a follow-up. I don't know if I want you to sponsor us anymore. You send them them a ticket and let them know that all this... We are talking on our award-winning podcast, and <laughs> everyone is hearing us, and we've been giving them nothing but praise. Mm-hmm. And and business, because we and business, order, yeah. uh, I, I, at least I order, I order too. all my books, yeah. Yeah, I've been ordering them when from When I too. order, So yeah, yes. we've we been giving them a whole bunch of business, yeah. I bing thriftbooks.com, and then I order a book from them. <laughs> I look in my local library, and if it's not available. <laughs> but yeah, Chum doesn't like alfalfa seeds. No, he he fucking hates them. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little uppity about the alfalfa seeds. He's always trying to toss them out. And even at one point when Ralph hasn't been getting food because Garf is refusing to come in to the craft shop, uh, Chum's like, I'll give you some alfalfa seeds when I can afford it. <laughs> When he can afford I'm sure it. I could toss a few it. in your general direction. Yeah. <laughs> He's like always throwing those things out of his cage because he doesn't eat them. Yeah, he doesn't even like them, and that's what he that's what he's willing to give up. <laughs> he's a picky eater. Yep. Chum. Yeah, he only wants sunflower seeds to the point where he's become a sideshow attraction. <laughs> he shoves them yep. all in his mouth until he falls over like an idiot. Yep. Well, and he talks about how he doesn't like his owner because she's always trying to grab him and he prefers to be left alone. So he likes being brought to camp because he pretty much gets left alone most of the time. Mm-hmm. And it's Lana who owns him, who yeah. brings him to camp. Yeah, he's an introvert. He's a philosopher. So he likes being alone. I get it. <laughs> I understand now. Yeah, I like the the whole back and forth with them, and, and Chum definitely doesn't want to get out. Ralph eventually gets to the point where he doesn't want to be in the cage anymore. The The prospect of the food starts going away, because uh, what happens is the cats get into the craft shop, and one of the cats gets a hold of 
a watch, a little girl's watch. <clears throat> Only one of the cats it. gets in there. It's Catso. What Catso? Yeah, Catso gets in. The one it's cat, Katso, yeah. Yeah. And luckily, he yes, he's distracted by the watch, so he's actually the watch thief. He's the one. Yeah, because wasn't uh, Ralph was Ralph was out of his cage at that point? No, he was not. Ralph was not out of his cage when the watch was stolen. He just okay. witnessed witnessed so take the watch, kind of bat it around like he would uh, a mouse, or whatever, and uh, walk like exit the building with uh, the watch in his mouth. I guess play with it a little bit outside. Dropped it and it slid down into uh, the bamboo pile. It's weird, isn't it weird that there's like bamboo at this? Uh, this I think camp? it's in California. Yeah, there's it's in California. We have California. bamboo. Is there bamboo in California? Yes, we have bamboo okay. in California. Oh, got it. Well, this bamboo pile is also where Ralph has hidden his uh, his motorcycle and helmet, and now it, uh, elsewhere in the bamboo patch or whatever is now where I think it's Lana's watch. Yes, it's Lana's watch that gets carried out to there. But that's also where yeah. he gets to go and be alone. He gets to go and sit uh, because he and this really amazing camp counselor, Aunt Jill, they have You're a talk. You're talking about Garf, aren't you? Yeah, we're talking about Garf. Yeah. Garf is kind of an outsider. Yeah. And they among, accuse among Garf the of stealing the watch, or it's thought that he might have stolen the watch. Because he leaves, he leaves lunch early, and he was and sneaking in. And he hangs in. out in the craft shop alone. Yeah, he was sneaking in the craft shop alone, which is breaking the rules. Right. But he caught that mouse. He caught Ralph, and he would sneak into the, the craft uh, shed, whatever. <laughs> it's not a shed. Uh, craft room cabin or whatever to craft room to feed ralph yep and like he winds up striking up a bargain with uh aunt jill the camp counselor that uh ralph can be his personal mouse and only he's allowed to feed him and because he has that privilege i think the kids suspect uh garf of being the one who has taken lana's watch Mm mm-hmm I think Aunt Jill, like, you say she's a good camp counselor, Josh. I think Aunt Jill is a little soft on these kids. And really, she missed an opportunity to teach Garf a lesson about life and death. She also <laughs> missed a great opportunity on how to how to spell words properly. Yeah, yep. <laughs> how to correct his spelling. Yep. And she, uh, she could have thrown Ralph onto the floor when the cats were in there and taught him a lesson. And that, I think, is real counseling. <laughs> if you're like Miss Trunchbull. Yeah. <laughs> if you're writing a story like Rolled Doll. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but this is Beverly Cleary we're talking about. Someone who actually cares about kids. <laughs> and mice. And all mice. creatures, really. <laughs> yeah. Even the cats. Beverly Cleary is friend to all the children and animals. Her light is so bright that she takes out the shadows that were left by Rolled Doll. <laughs> She is the bleach that gets out the shit stain that is Raldal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, eventually here what happens is the Ralph is able to make a deal with Garf because Aunt Jill reminds Garf that he may not want to go into the craft shop, but he does have that personal mouse in there. Personal mouse. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He does have the personal mouse in there and he needs to take care of it because he took that responsibility. So it's it's at that point that Ralph finally speaks to him because he's realizing like, holy shit, like I'm not getting the food like I want. I need to get the hell out of here. Uh, 
and he only has one route, and it's this kid who keeps on singing about bashing mice head. And go for guts. And weird go for guts. songs that I wasn't used to. I was like, I don't know that goat one. That goat one's weird. Right. I was like, why didn't we'll have him do the, a pizza hut? <laughs> a pizza hut, a pizza hut. Kentucky Fried Chicken at a Pizza Hut. McDonald's. McDonald's. Kentucky Fried Chicken at a Pizza Hut. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I love camp. It brought back lots of fun camp song memories that I had. <laughs> Fucking gray squirrel. Gray squirrel. Gray squirrel. Swish your bushy tail. <laughs> Fuck. So much fun. Goodness. I loved camp. Sis. I miss it. <laughs> I know that there's an this adult be like camp, but a camp it's not for the same. adults. Yeah, it's not the same because they're like, yeah, but we're gonna be all alcoholicy, and I'm like, eh, I don't like S- to drink that much. So, uh, <laughs> Andy, Andy has a note here about Ralph only wanting to give the boys rides on his motorcycle, the boy mice, and I didn't think about it much in the beginning. I was like, yeah, I mean, but it was written in the 70s and stuff. But then I thought about it. I'm like, it was written in the 70s by a woman. This is another scenario where the gender norms were written in. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Well, first, let's explain it for the uh, for the audience. But uh, they were such a norm of society. Yeah. Ralph is. Um, well, he wants to get out um, in large part because he wants to ride his motorcycle again. He misses yeah. his motorcycle. And he's like, in, a, in essence, bargaining fate or whatever that like if he gets out like he just wants to go home he just wants to go back to the mountain view inn and he'll even let his his uh the kids ride his motorcycle again even though that's what made him really want to run away in the first place but right uh, on second thought maybe just the boy mice like but why why gatekeep motorcycle riding from from the girls it's uh doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, so now part of it to me, as I'm sitting here thinking about it, part of it I would say is the time, but also another part of it is that Ralph is a kid still too. That's what I was gonna say. It was his. He's still a young kid, yeah. so he still mm-hmm. thinks of those very definite gender roles. Yeah, yeah, and especially a kid in the you know at that time or whatever. So yeah, I guess that's where I w- I I can see that same way I can see I understood though I did not agree with the racist jokes in in Great Glass Elevator. I understood that from the <laughs> time they were from that was tame as shit. You know, mm-hmm. it was children's book fodder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they still had blackface on television in 1973. So right, right. So that. You know, I mean, that's where all that comes from. But it is it is funny that he removes the possibility as opposed to not just saying it outright in the first place. But yeah, so at this point now, Ralph is ready to go and he wants to figure out the plan for getting out. Now, he talks to Garf about getting out to get the watch, but Garf doesn't really think that if he lets him out that he'll go get the watch. He thinks he's just going to leave, which is a reasonable fear to have. He is a mouse. Yeah, and the fact that he's talking does not bode well for Garf's mental stability. There might be, I don't know if it's the mouse (laughs) or... You know what he doesn't get? He doesn't get sick from playing with Ralph because he doesn't usually, he doesn't really like pick him up or anything. Well, I think we only, uh, I guess. But how much contact does uh, Garf even have with Ralph? Not much. He uh, He feeds him. Not a whole lot. He catches him him. in a butterfly net and then he feeds him. Yeah. 
So I'm saying with a butterfly net, he winds up in a cage, feeds him. Yeah, it doesn't really handle him as much as Keith did. Yeah. Until the very end, and we don't know what happens. He might have got sick after yeah. he went home. He might have. He might have even a, just It wasn't a very long hands. period of time. I'm thinking yeah. he, he just maybe, washed he his just hands. Washed he had his some hands. basic hygiene. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, Keith's problem was the length of exposure. He was picking Ralph up, sticking his finger in the hole, eating mm-hmm. food while he's feeding Ralph. Getting him hooked on PB&J. Yep. Trying to get trying to get an addict. It worked. Like, yeah. That's why he got sick. What's that called again that you get from mice? Why can't I remember Hantavirus? the name of it? Hantavirus. Hantavirus. Yep. Hantavirus. Hantavirus. It sounds so classy, though. Hantavirus. No, no Hantavirus for Garf, though. But yeah, so... Ralph has Honda virus because he wants to ride that motorcycle again. Now Ralph needs to get out of the cage, but he has to do it without. He has to do it without Garf's help, right? Yeah, because Garf isn't going to help him do it, so he ends up tricking the cat. Yep, tricks the cat and gets out and just messes with the cat, going back and forth. Like you're not going to be able to catch me, and so eventually the cat just gets sick of it and walks out. And he gets out and goes after the watch. Cause he's still gonna, still gonna do what he, well, no, he waits, he waits in his, and they come in, discover that the cat has just destroyed that entire thing. They think that he might've eaten Ralph and Ralph is just hiding there waiting. And then Garf eventually does show up and he's like, Hey Garf, I'm still here. (laughs) I can help you. Right. And so, yeah, they make that deal where uh, basically, Ralph is going to take the watch and put it into the girl's bathroom where obviously Garf couldn't have got put it so that he will not be suspected right. in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. There is a magical barrier that keeps boys from entering the girl's bathroom. Right. And he will be absolved of the crime, and then Ralph will get his motorcycle back, and Garf will take him back to the Mountain View Inn. That is the deal. Yep. He'll walk him up the mountain. Because it, they discussed that he would not be able to make it up that mountain, not with that, but not with his motorcycle, because the tires are starting to get bald, and Ralph wasn't even thinking about that. My question is, okay, so these tires are getting bad. Where is he going to get new tires from? Because he's a mouse. Is he going to order them from a mouse magazine? <laughs> it sure sounds to me like Beverly Cleary accidentally put a finite time limit on this motorcycle maybe that's why there's only three books maybe in ralph s mouse <laughs> the motorcycle fucking loses a tire when he's driving right. down the road at least a limit of what he can do like it says that he's he'd be able to like ride it around the floorboards of the of the inn but as far as taking it out in the open road uh it was going to be rough on the tires yeah plus he was going downhill the majority of the time so he would not have nearly enough mm-hmm. breath to get up he'd be like <laughs> i can't even do it yeah, but yeah, it'd be like and that. he would run out of just run out of steam trying to get up them those hills because it's like a mile away. Which again, for a mouse, that's pretty far. I can tell you, starting starting up a decent hill on a motorcycle with a real engine is not fun. I can't imagine what it would be like if you had to go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they they end up. Uh, after after all this crazy plan that he has, uh, now he does go to try to put it in the girl's bathroom, but he can't get in there, 
right? Yeah, he can't get into the girls' bathroom. So yeah, some prevents him from getting there, and so he he ends up seeing that it's like the concrete uh, steps or foundation yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he can't, yeah like, he just couldn't do it because it. he's a mouse. But then he sees that the girls have laid out the sleeping bags out in the sun to air them out, I guess. And he he gets the idea. Oh, I'll I'll take the I'll take I'll take it over that way. And so he's going through the grass, and Katzel sees him. So he stops, but Katzel gets over, and he's about to pounce. And that's when Sam shows up. He's like, "Hey, Katzel, you fucking asshole! You got me in trouble because <laughs> you, you made me look bad in yep. front of the bosses." I'm not going to let you do it again, <laughs> you dick. He's like, well, I, the cat's like, well, I'm in trouble for eating the mouse. He's like, well, what are you going to do right now? And it's like, ah, fuck. He's right. <laughs> I was going to eat the mouse. <laughs> ah, it's got me there. <laughs> it's got me in a catch 22. <laughs> so Sam actually helps Ralph get the, the watch over to the sleeping bag. And Ralph straight up cuts a, uh, chews a hole through the, through the sleeping bag, takes the watch in there. But then he's so nice and cozy, soft in this snug sleeping bag. He said it's the most comfortable thing he's ever been in. He's like, it's better than any Kleenex, any down, anything. It's just the best thing. And he literally falls asleep. Yeah, what was what was the material called? Like Decron or something? I believe, yeah, something like that. So it's like, though, it reminded me of those stories about you hear these criminals that go into people's houses and then they sit down and they, they catch them because they've fallen asleep on the couch in mid-burglary. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Goldilocks in it. Yeah, because... <laughs> <laughs> he wakes up when all of a sudden the sleeping bag is moving. Oh snap. Yep. So they they're going in and she straight up lays down on him and he's like he squeaks cuz he doesn't want he's getting crushed. And she she's like, "Oh my, what's this?" And they're like, "Oh, it's just a sprig." And she's like, and then nope, it's a mouse. So he bolts and she just freaks out. And I thought the girls would be like my mom and just be entirely freaked out, jumping up, not wanting to be on the thing. No, they're like freaking out in like a cool way. They're like, oh, he's so cute. He's little and he's so darling. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't think that's what would have happened. I just I don't see that. Well, Beverly Cleary, Beverly Cleary clearly has like a an affinity for mice. You know what I mean? Because even just seeing a mouse that a neighbor caught made her write this whole story about this mouse family. And she, yes, mice are getting killed, but like she writes them to the idea of they're going to make it, you know? So she probably thinks they're cute. Yeah, I think she just likes all animals. Something we missed at one point was when Chum was telling uh, Ralph about all the different kinds of rodents and he was talking and there about were white, white mice. mice. Yeah. And Ralph is like, white mice? Uh, anybody can see a white mouse, <laughs> not, not just owls. <laughs> Here's the thing. The white mice are usually used for food for reptiles. Right. So, or lab. Yeah, or experiments. lab. But right, right. The way they described it, they took all these animals to the fair to sell. So I'm guessing the, those were those mice were food for the snakes that they probably took with them. Oh, probably, yeah. I one time gave a baby mouse to my tarantula. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It was rad. <laughs> it was rad. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. It's nature, Bob's man. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> nature. 
Which is weird because I don't have an Uncle Bob. Right? I do. <laughs> he has Einstein hair. It's awesome. So Bob's your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> uncle Bob. Shout out to oh, Uncle Bob. He'll okay. never listen to this. <laughs> Another favorite uh, moment, uh, just real briefly, is how like Lana was scolding Sam as she was jumping on the trampoline. And Kenzo. <laughs> like the- and cats, so yeah, she was she scolds animals while she jumps on a trampoline. I mean, that's <laughs> at, the chicks. At out. first, I was at first I was reading it and like it's like it's all like hyphenated, so like the like what she's saying is segmented and and it kind of sounded like she's like beating on the animals, like you you stupid cat, bam! How could you, bam? Leave whatever, but no, those were trampoline bounces. <laughs> yeah, it's just where she's you're at a the bad height. dog. How could you? <laughs> Like, damn, this lady's serious. I miss having a trampoline. Those things were fun. (laughs) I'm so mad at my pet dog. I'm going to bounce and scold. (laughs) Bounce and scold. Bounce Bounce and scold. scold. (laughs) (laughs) So they catch Ralph, and as soon, they're they're trying to catch him, and when they do, they're like, hey, we should give him to Garf, because we thought that he stole the watch, but he couldn't possibly have stolen the watch if it was in your sleeping bag. How it got there, who knows, but it magically appeared. Aunt Jill, I think, might have had a an inkling, but she's like, nah, that couldn't have happened. Not nah, a mouse. Mouse couldn't have done that. <laughs> so they Ralph's like, Oh, they're gonna give me the garf sweet. I'll just uh I'll just go along with it. So he jumps in and they're like, he kind of looks like Garf's mouse. And they're like, ah, and, and just like, ah, I'm all almost kind of look alike. Like, nah, that's not, it's not put. I don't know. This one's got really weird, long front arms and they're strange <laughs> elbows to him. And look at his legs, back legs are like human legs. <laughs> his ears are like right? permanently tucked down. Like they were under a hat or helmet or something. <laughs> and he sounds like Alvin and the Chipmunks, but yeah. wrong. <laughs> so they give Ralph back to Garf, and Garf's super excited because it is Ralph. And so it basically ends with Ralph saying, hey, don't crush me in your shirt. Apparently he gets over the, the feeling of human hands because... He jumps up into Ralph, into Garf's hand to get into his shirt pocket so that he doesn't have to go in the cage. And that's where the story ends. Rest time and they're going to take him back to the hotel the next day. So there we go. Yeah. Like Bob's yep, your uncle. I liked it. It's good. <laughs> I enjoyed Bob's it. Your it was uncle a good Josh. book. <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty good book. I enjoyed it. I'm excited to read Not the third story. One. Yeah. So when we do the three P episode, it will. I, I I suggest that this be part of it. The Ralph S. Mouse. Plus, you already bought it, Andy. Does, so is yeah. there? There's, <laughs> I already have Ralph S. Mouse. There's not a third Charlie book though. No, nope. There was the. They were gonna meet the president, but I don't know. Roald Dahl moved on to other things. Fucking bastard. But there is a third alien a third book. book. There's a third alien book. I feel like Roald Dahl knew that we would be doing this podcast someday. And just as like one last dick move, he fucking, he was like, you know what? I'm not writing the third one. Fuck them. No, it's good. Yeah. They're just going to going to talk shit about me. They don't get a third book. Yep. I'm Roald Dahl. They're not down with Nazi ideals? Well, then, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Stand it up for Jewish people. I'll show them. 
How dare you not want to cheat on your significant others? How dare you? <laughs> for for queen and country, no less. <laughs> oh, I hate him. I hate Roldal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing this book we're doing this episode is not by Roldal. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe we could do Matilda for the third book. I feel like kind of there's enough I mean, other books we're that gonna we gonna do can it do eventually, yeah. anyways. We get, well, we gotta find one that we can put a second one on, though. Now there are plenty of sequels. books that we have sequels we'll, for. We'll do we'll do a sequel to the sequel series. <laughs> Is there a third Dead House book? Because we could do the second one, and then the third one. I don't think there's a second Dead House book. How many anyway, horror are, lands we, are there? Are we exclusively are we exclusively doing sequel books now? Like we can do single story books no we're only doing sequels from here on out <laughs> from here on out it's forever. just sequels just sequels forever <laughs> we're not even gonna read the first book for most of these nope just the third one <laughs> get ready for a whole sequence of enders game right <laughs> episodes oh. we're gonna call it resequelated because there's a bunch of those fuckers. <laughs> no, we're re, just re 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 literated. I'm just trying to think of how we do Again. a third book with with because we chose Charlie, but I guess we'll have to deal with that when it comes up. It'll be a while. Don't worry, we'll figure it out. It will be. Maybe we'll just never do it, and then we'll include a sequel to something else. It's fine. That's what there I was thinking. <laughs> in a, in our next solved. sequel chapter. So yep. that's that's uh, Runaway Ralph, guys. That is Runaway Ralph. <laughs> yes. <laughs> We'll do sequels in another chapter. <laughs> but yeah. Yes, yeah, so we'll we'll actually talk about other books in other episodes. Let's yeah. keep talking about this one <laughs> here. <laughs> Not to like keep us on track or anything. No, we would probably do that. <laughs> nah. How do we get started on something? <laughs> so what's the lessons learned in this yeah, book? Yeah, what does this teach the children? I think that it teaches people to appreciate what you have and not assume that things will be better if you were to leave because you'll probably end up in prison. The grass is not always greener on the other side. No, it's prison. Addiction is a harrowing <laughs> is a harrowing thing. And when it's not pr- treated properly, uh, things could happen, including ending up in prison. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have ended up in that cage if he wasn't trying to get those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Rugged individualism is a myth. Yes. And nobody could do it on their own. <laughs> um, some people become institutionalized, like Chum. Mm. Do not want to leave prison. It's a lot of prison themes in this book. <laughs> some people become prisoners to their jobs, yeah. like Sam. Yeah, and Matt. Yeah, Matt. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. He lost his whole opportunity to buy a motorcycle because he wound up doing that uh, that hotel gig for for a long time. Now he just yep. now he just and goes that, to the city bar and talks to the to the guy at the piano that plays the piano. He's like, yep. oh, I I knew it. I once knew a song. It was sad and sweet, and I knew it complete when I wear a younger man's clothes. Well, also I, I could talk to mice. <laughs> yeah, hey, also I could talk to mice. <laughs> he left that out of the song, though. I wonder why. Okay, I, buddy. I, I was telling my buddy Ralph the other day that I could have been a movie star if I get out of this place. <laughs> I could have been a somebody. Could have been a contender. <laughs> But yeah, so I think I think that's that uh, prison not wanting to go to prison is one of the uh, lessons you pull out of it, and um, yeah, just trying to do it all on your own just winds you up in prison, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, I also think that it shows that sometimes the person who's kind of like 
off and not exactly like right there with everybody, i.e. Garf, is not necessarily a bad person. They might be a sweet, nice person that want to do nice things, but they're awkward and they don't always fit in with the normal day-to-day. They're introverted and they might actually gain energy from being alone. Some people, some people do that. Cats are assholes. That was already known. We already knew that. <laughs> Some oh. cats are assholes, yes. Harold's cat <laughs> is is a dog. <laughs> Hashtag not all cats. Yeah. Every time yeah, we try a- to record though. <laughs> freaking motor mouth right there. Yo. <laughs> I I'd love to hear him purring right now. I know. <laughs> And just be yeah, just because someone's weird off weird and awkward doesn't mean that they're also a kleptomaniac and steal stuff just because you got poison oak. You're the idiot that got poison oak. So maybe you right. shouldn't have uh, <laughs> gotten poison oak, you idiot. Yeah, and I agree that you should you should give weirdos a chance. I mean, I let Josh stay at my place when when he comes and I don't think he's going to steal from me just because he's strange. I let Harold continue to sleep at my house when he just didn't leave after a party one time. So, <laughs> yeah. Figure that one Fucking, out. We just started living together. And now <laughs> we have a podcast. <laughs> is the logical conclusion to the arc. It is. Absolutely. That's the B story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we got coming up next week? Next week, we are going to continue the story of Sam Gribbley, and we are going to go on the far side of the mountain. Yeah. The next book in the series by Gene Craighead George. Now, this is the one that we all read the first chapter to, and we're like, God. Yeah, we were. Right? You told me about the first chapter, and I got angry. (laughs) Okay. That's right. I read the first chapter. This is going to be interesting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully it's hopefully it's not just a journal this time. Yeah, I wonder if there's going to be a plot. I wonder if he's going to wind up in prison. Ooh. That would be so cool. Crazy, he could. Crazy B story. I happen to I happen to know that the uh the first chapter opens on the plot of it being having to do with frightful the falcon and that he is not supposed to be keeping her in captivity. Mm. So he he gets chased down by DNR people and yep. put in prison. Maybe he actually gets chased around by by a cat, Ooh. just like Ralph. I believe that he uses a cat to escape from the prison. He has him knocked it's the jail my, cell down. Ooh. Yeah, he tricks a, a cougar into uh, yeah knocking the jail cell over. <laughs> let him out of the jail, and the cougar is Bet Midler. Well, I was going to say Bando is there because <laughs> yes. he is abandoned after all. So Bando's there to help him help him escape the prison Ooh, because he's, Bando? he is abandoned Ooh, okay. after all. He's like, I told you I'm not abandoned. I can only make these wood flutes, you son of a bitch. I'm a philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's in like the next cell and he actually likes it in the prison. So yeah. <laughs> I've been making wood flutes out of these I can get legs you off this bed. <laughs> yeah, I can get things in I'm here. I'm a man who so- has connections. <laughs> All that and more on the next episode of Reliterated. <laughs> uh, so, all right. Uh, yeah, I recommend it. Andy, do you recommend it? Yeah, especially if you've read Mouse and the Motorcycle. This is a great follow-up. Harold? Yeah, it really in, was. In a similar vein. Yep. Yeah. No Not way. as much motorcycle, but all, all the mouse. All the mouse you can take. 
I, I wonder if Ralph S. Mouse will have more motorcycle in it. I don't know. It showed him in the cover. He's like reading a book. So I feel like it's really going down a bad path where he starts reading books instead of being cool. And right. Like he mends his ways and he's not a rebel without a cause anymore. Right. Right. He, he's a reformed mouse. Oof, we're going to find out he's reading poetry. Ugh. <sighs> <laughs> we just well, made right. a TikTok video. <laughs> <laughs> we just made a TikTok video. <laughs> In like 1.5 seconds, there's a TikTok video coming. Yep. <laughs> he turns into Walter Mitty is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, we'll, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. Till then, give a shit, read some lit. Have a great whatever time of the day it is for you. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. In a minute, uh, Bob's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> This has been Reliterated, a production of the Chocolate Milk Friends. If you enjoy our show, please consider giving us support by subscribing, recommending us to your book-reading, podcast-listening, 90s nostalgia enthusiast friends, and rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and Audible Podcasts. Those go a long way towards getting us in the ears of new listeners. And don't forget to engage with us on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. You'll find us at Reliterated on all those sites. Or send us an email at reliterated at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.